Are you still suffering from supply chain issues? Are they disrupting your operations? Well, have no fear because Graybar has you covered and you can rely on their nationwide logistics network to get what you need, where they need, when they need to get there and all within budget. Graybar is a trusted and leading North American distributor of electrical communications, data networking, industrial products, literally supporting products of any industry, construction, hospitals, industrial plants, schooling, it doesn't matter. Just one clear mission to serve as that vital link in the supply chain, adding value for customers and suppliers with innovative solutions and services. So here's what you need to do. Visit graybar.com to start an order today. Visit graybar.com to start an order today and fix those supply chain issues with Graybar. First cut. Golly. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your recap episode for this week's Honda Classic. Joining me to break it all down, Greg Ducharme is here. Greg, that the, the delay was my fault. Usually, we're always a couple minutes late. It's usually Kyle's fault. This time around, that that was on me. That's my bet. Yeah, that was a little bit. Old. I mean, not quite panic, but near. For a technical difficulty for a technical guy like you is uh, unique. We couldn't figure it out. I, I we think it sounds all right, but I'm gonna have to see what's going on with my uh, my mic and stuff. But we're we're rocking and rolling yeah. now. We think we think it sounds better. Uh, it does at least in my ears. All right. Um. So I I think we're all right. But hey, the the uh, technicality of all this stuff can be complicated. It can be puzzling. <laughs> And just like the game of golf, sometimes there's just no answer. Uh, that is certainly true. Uh, we are going to, well, we're expecting to get Kyle Porter at some point as he wraps up his column. So we'll add him into the mix when he is ready to rock and roll. But before we even dive into any of this, Greg, we said, let's just have an exciting Sunday. You know, Daniel Berger, five shots of what could possibly go wrong. Let's have an exciting Sunday. Oh my God, did we get an exciting Sunday? Yes, this is the amazing thing about the PGA Tour and this event in particular. I'll ju- just to keep it to this event. You think about what happens here, and you often get a weaker field, but you get a couple of stars in in the field, a couple of big name players, and they always seem at least a couple of them. If you have four stars, it always seems like two of them show up and they're in the mix, which is great. It makes for, I mean, you had basically a a Daniel Berger showdown with Shane Lowry, which is nearly as good as you're going to get looking at the the field on paper heading in. And you have an open champion and you have a guy who I mean, we discussed last night. Is he a, a major champion? We saw Kyle Porter's tweet about how he's one of the what, top four players since mm-hmm. the uh, since the 2020 shutdown on tour. So you got two top guys kind of in a duel. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Sepp Straka takes it, another Georgia Bulldog, uh, which, which is just crazy. But this is how it, it plays out, and it keeps you on your toes, keeps you exciting. We had a, a rainstorm added into the to the mix to make it just a little bit extra, uh, add a little bit of extra interest to it. So it was another fascinating event, and you almost knew it was going to happen. Even with Berger at a five-shot lead, you almost knew it was going to get close at at least some point. Yeah, we said this is the worst course to have a five-shot lead on, and that made itself very apparent. Usually we just go winner, second, third. I'm going to try to take this chronologically, Greg, because we kick off the day, Daniel Berger, five shots clear, and he looked a little bit off out of the gate. He bur- uh, excuse me, pars one, pars two, and then makes a double on the par 530 at that fried egg on a down slope in the greenside bunker, and that was really – the first time that the door started to open for the rest of the field. But you could tell Berger was was not the version of himself that we saw over the first three rounds. No, and it it, it became very nervy after the tee shot at, at three. And then all of a sudden you could see some of the other things change. Like he had great speed control all week long. And all of a sudden it left him. He's hammering putts by. And, and um, that's a sign of, real nerves it's a sign of pressure especially when you see that change uh, so quickly 
uh, and and I think you saw it not just with some of the shots that he hit, but it was really more evident to me around the greens. And yeah, this is a guy that was leading the way. He was near perfect um, in scrambling. And with 19 holes to go before he got to 18, he was uh, what 11 of 12 scrambling. And today he was two of six and he didn't get up and down on 18 on Saturday. So all of a sudden that touch and feel around the greens really left him. He didn't make a putt outside of three feet today. Unless he did. I, I don't think he made a, a putt on 18 longer than that, but in no putts outside of three feet. That's a stark contrast to the player. We saw the first two days, especially, but, but really the first three. Dead last in strokes gained putting on Sunday, which is not not the way to get it done. He makes a bogey at five, a bogey at six, and then, Greg, we're basically all square. Now the thing's wide open, right? You're like, oh, my God, is Kurt Kitayama going to win this? Is Sepp Straka going to win it? Is Shane Lowry going to win it? This thing is wide open with four or five different golfers by the time we are a third of the way through this final round. And I don't know how you felt, but I was just sitting there going, Anybody has a chance. Literally anybody has a chance in this moment. Six holes in. Yeah, I, well, I really felt like um, pretty strongly about Shane Lowry, which I was kind of kicking myself about. I'll, we'll get to that a little later. But uh, I really felt like Shane Lowry was the guy. And I, was, I, I, I wasn't I was done with Berger yet, I, especially after he hold the bunker shot at seven. I thought he, he still had a chance. It was looking to me more like a duel between Lowry and Berger than it was completely wide open. But you're right. I mean, realistically, looking at the leaderboard, Adam Svensson was still in the mix. All these players entered the entered the fray, and they all, they had a chance. I just wasn't sure that they had the ability to to do it. You know, you're you're a third of the way through the round already. There's not that many birdies out there. Not that many birdie holes out there. Who can really make a charge? It felt like Shane Lowry made the best early run, and he was also in the final group. And with the 18th hole, I thought that would be an advantage coming down the stretch. But because uh, because of the rainstorm, it, it kind of turned out to be a disadvantage, which we'll yeah. talk about a little later. But that, yeah, that's where my head was. I was thinking it was a Lowry and a Burger duel to the end, or at least and I mean, as long as Burger could hold on for. So yeah. it, was, it was really it got quite interesting. Burger holes out from the bunker on seven for birdie. You think that might be the spark that he needs. And then on eight, Shane Lowry, who has just been dialing in iron shot after iron shot, hits a peach at eight to four feet and misses the putt, Greg. And then this yeah. is the moment that I'm thinking, oh, my God, Lowry just blew it. We've got a little bit of momentum here from Berger. Lowry misses the putt. This felt like it was swinging back the other direction. Yes, and uh, Berger had a pretty good shot in there, too. Just, I mean, again, he didn't make anything, but, um, the, the one, when Lowry hit that shot, like, well, he is just all over it and you're going to have those opportunities. You're going to have 125, 135 yard shots into a lot of flag sticks out here. And somebody starts to feel it. They can start, they can hunt you can go flag hunting out there. And Lowry certainly was for a while. Um, yeah. but it, it, that was, that was a, a great shot in there. And then you're right. He, he misses the putt and, I didn't feel like he was done by any means, but it's like that. What a what an opportunity missed. We may really have a, a back and forth battle at this point. The stretch of golf from let's call it eight through 13, 14 was Shane Lowry's. He was second in the field in strokes gained T to green on Sunday. Same ranking on Saturday. He had a two shot lead at one point, And I was thinking, okay, Shane Lowry's doing everything that he needs to do to get the job done here. This feels like it's about to be a Lowry victory. Yes. Uh, and I definitely fell into that. But uh, the thing I was reminding myself of is <laughs> there's the, the bear trap. You still got to go through the bear trap and we could see a disaster. And even aside from that, I mean, they said it on the broadcast, water comes into play on 15 of the holes and it really comes into play on 15 of the holes, not with every hole location, but I mean, it, it's, it's there and it's a real factor. And so you, you, I was tempering myself, but saying, all right, this is probably Lowry's, uh, he, he can play smart golf. He's striping it right now and, and he should walk away with this thing. Not the case. Not the case. 12 through 18, Shane Lowry played at even par, but it was one Sepp Straka who birdies 14, who birdies 16, and then birdies 
18, Greg, to post at 10 under par. We are going to get to the rain situation, the weather situation, but Sepp Straka, who we talk about a lot on this podcast, believe it or not, has popped again, pops up here and posts 10 under, and now everyone else is playing, you know, the difficult holes, Sans 18, and Sepp Straka is in the clubhouse looking good. The I mean, I, I almost... It's hard to ignore the weather situation because he and he and Lowry are tied going into the final day. It's not like one had a really big advantage and and now he's in the group ahead of Lowry. And that can be a, you know, it can be a factor. It's usually not a huge factor when guys are tied and in different groups, but it was a huge factor today because of the timing of the rainstorm. So Straka hits that tee shot and it's, it's not raining that hard yet. And he has 192 yards into the green. And then it starts pouring. Mm-hmm. And Lowry hit a bad tee shot on 18. But Berger had 269 or 259, 259 or 269. That's a huge difference. I know I know Straka is longer than, than Berger and longer than Lowry, but not that much. So I think it really changed the dynamic of the 18th hole. And uh, that doesn't take away anything from his uh, second shot into the green. But you're you're still talking about an iron. You have 192 in in that kind of rain. You play it what 210? It's it's a 210 shot because of the rain. You don't have that kind of room to club up when you're at 260 or 270 yards away, as as Berger was. And you don't have to deal with the the umbrella on the tee, drying of the club face. And I, I think that had a real effect on Shane Lowry's second shot too. So I know we wanted to wait on, on that weather, but it played such a big role on 18 because of the timing of it, because it happened when Straka was on the middle of, of the 18th hole. Uh, but I give him so much credit for that shot in the 18. It was, that was, that was special at that moment. Yeah. If you weren't watching in real time, um, Basically, beautiful weather all day long. Sepp Straka pipes one down the 18th fairway. He's got 191 yards in, and then the skies open up. And literally to the point where Sepp Straka and Kurt Kitayama uh, do not want to play. They don't want to play. They want to wait it out, which is a very normal sport thing to do. And with that, let me bring in Kyle Porter, KP. What a transition. Thank you much. Welcome welcome in. Um, The weather. That's where we're at. Sky's yeah. opening up on 18. These guys are trying to wait it out. They're getting the signal from the from the officials. Move it along. Keep it going. But in that moment, you know, Straka had already hit his tee shot, and he's absolutely bombed it. And now it's just approaches to go from there. Okay, so I, <clears throat> I've got a question. I should just rewind this because I've still got it on. But Straka teed off before it started pouring like pouring yeah. pouring. i think it right? was drizzling and then it and then it opened up after that because he got the run out he got the full-on thing because shane lowry was talking about this afterwards and he said there's this quote here and i didn't i don't really understand it he said uh it feels like i got the tournament stolen from me today <laughs> yikes uh you know he went three under on his last five on the course i played perfect i played uh the golf perfectly to win the tournament and that's this game sometimes, and that's this level. That's true. But here's the quote. He said, um, the last hole, that was as bad a break, here we go, as, I ever, as I've ever got, you know, especially when you're standing on the tee and you see him over that left bunker, which I would have been able to do if there was no rain because I needed a drive and a four or five iron. Is he talking about seeing... Sepp Straka having carried the bunker, the left bunker on on his shot. So he's seeing Sepp Straka getting ready to hit his approach shot, seeing how far down he is and saying, I could have done that if it wasn't for it. But. Oh, OK, OK. So he he's he he's not saying like, oh, I saw him up there. I would have hit a different shot if I would have seen where he ended up. He's saying I would have been, been able to hit that shot if it wasn't like coming down like it was. He's saying exactly. I would have hit my approach from that same shot, same spot that he was. Gotcha. That makes sense. Okay. Okay. I was like lost there. So that's that's helpful. Um, I mean, and I, I agree with him, by the way. It's a bad break. It I mean, there's nothing bad- you can do about it. It just it, it was a bad break. If they if you flip which group each guy is in they were tied going into the day but yeah. it's a huge a huge difference it's uh it is a bad break but straka like hit the hell out of it and even on 18 
it was just like complete control. It almost, he almost acted like it wasn't, I mean, he was the guy that played like it wasn't raining, you know, Berger hits this, like just kind of cut into the water. Lowry's all over the place. And Straka just, even the way he swung it on the last hole, it was, it was, he just, it was complete control. And I thought that was super impressive. It stinks for Lowry. I completely get it, but it looked like he abandoned all strategy, routine, and everything when it started pouring. Greg, I mean, yeah, he can't yeah. get he can't get he can't get the club dry. He he sprints out of underneath the umbrella, hits a shot within a half a second. It's like he abandoned everything that had gotten him to that point. Yes, it, it he did, and he probably well, he definitely needed to do a better job of that and, and settle himself down. And slow it down. But that kind of rain in, in South Florida is it it changes it, it it's uh it's significant. I mean, those are you could tell big raindrops and it's coming down really hard. And you're not used to playing golf in that, even in even in Ireland. I mean, it's a it's a different rain down there. It's torrential. And so I, I understand to a degree where he's coming from. Um, but look, the the other thing about Straka. You mentioned how he, he striped it. This guy was 13th for the week in driving distance. He's third on Sunday. And he's first in fairways. We, we don't see that very often. But we did talk about all week how important accuracy would be. And we talk about that from time to time at, at some courses. But rarely do you see the guy who wins lead the field in, in uh, driving accuracy like Sepp Straka did. I just I find that so impressive to hit it as far as he did and also hit that many fairways it's he striped it and so he's a deserving winner how long would would kurt kitayama have waited in that fairway if he if he was not told to play on would he still be out there waiting right now yes yes (laughs) he wanted nothing that is like when it rains when i'm on the golf course literally i want nothing to do with this golf shot right now which i think is the right play well and he he yeah. might have had the most at stake of any of those guys, right? For, uh, yeah. I mean, Straka has at of, least status. Yeah. Yeah. And like Straka has a path to like, you know, making good money. Kitayama's, you know, every dollar out there right now is is meaningful. Yeah. And he'll play on, a, he played on 11 tours worldwide. I didn't even know that. I, I honestly, if you would have told if we did a trivia, Name, and name 11 tours you couldn't name 11 tours no chance <laughs> we could do we could do a uh, stump the schwab on that and i don't think we'd get them all <laughs> no it, i mean it, i don't know if i could do like six like half of it more than um, six yeah yeah i could but yeah it was crazy um i thought that ryan labner said this on twitter the last what 30 minutes was really compelling it wasn't and we kind of knew this going into the week. It's not going to be like a, you know, like a riv with all the stars and like this great, you know, all, all this stuff going on. But I thought the last 30 minutes was, was, was really fun. And I love, you know, the, the finishing hole there. You can, you can, you know, a lot of, we've seen a lot of different things happen there. Eagles and, and, you know, obviously burger hitting it in the water. And there's just, there's a lot of variables in play down the stretch and uh straka was coach's boy was the guy that took advantage yeah we'll we'll, more on that in just a few minutes the uh, this event got tight greg and then got to the bear trap which is i think exactly how it's supposed to happen right it's supposed to come down to those final uh you know four holes the bear trap and then you get to 18 and lowry um bad break or not was not able to make birdie on 18 straka was and he cashes his uh first pga tour victory it's a great layout for us as viewers. I don't think it's a very fun layout for the players. That's not, it's not fun when you know you can make a quad at any stretch. You're, you know, you're going really well and you get to the bear trap and you, there's no, there's no way to, you know, outthink the golf course. So that's not fun. But for us, it's brilliant. And it's one of the more compelling golf courses that we see all year for just that reason there's such a big opportunity for volatility on all of the last four holes which is uh, which, which is very compelling Shane Lowry is going to end up finishing solo second. Kurt Kitayama, as mentioned, solo third. He is going to get a crack at the Puerto Rico Open next week thanks to that top 10 and I don't have 
the money in front of me, but probably half a million bucks. That's probably the payday. Yeah, I think it's five hundred. I think five hundred. Solo thirds a lot of money. I give him a lot of credit. Overnight leader, right? You um, had missed five cuts in a row coming in. You're the overnight leader, and all of a sudden, it's a solo third. That's that's a huge deal. Was it 190 FedEx cut points? Big step for him. The I guess big story is Daniel Berger, KP, shooting a 74. Yeah. The guy with the five-shot lead coughs him up six holes in, drops to solo fourth, didn't putt well, um, had two great shots, hold out from a bunker, hold out, uh, chipped in from greenside. I think those are, those are the only two birdies he made all day. Otherwise, it was a lot of bad golf from Daniel Berger, quite honestly. Yeah, he did not. He didn't hit the ball very well. And I thought three was emblematic of that, the par five that he made a seven on. I mean, it was just he almost hit a tree. Then he had a plug, he had a plug the line, a bunker, and then he hits it over the green. And it, was, it, was a, it was a three-ring circus. But, I mean, the big, the big number is he made one putt longer than 29 inches. And he, I thought he kind of made a, he kind of covered up his ball, his bad ball striking by chipping in, by holding out from a bunker, right? He kind of just erased that out. But then you lose, I think he lost three, three, almost four strokes uh, with his putter. I mean, that's the, that's the tournament. You can't make one putt longer than, you know, 29 inches. And, uh, and he said that, you know, I, I I got asked this on HQ after the, um, like right after the round, it was like, do you have any, do you have any concerns about Daniel Berger? And it's like, I don't know, like if, if, if he's Finau or I guess Finau this time last year and he just never wins, you're like, oh, this could be, this, this might be a thing. And yeah, you want to see the best player in the field win when he's leading by five going into Sunday, but Daniel Berger wins. Like he's won four times. This would have been five. He was great at the Ryder Cup. I don't, I don't, I just don't have like when I think of Daniel Berger, I don't really think like, oh, Sunday. I don't know, man. Like I, I just, I don't know. And maybe I'm wrong about that, but I just never think that. So it seemed like a bad day where his putter went cold. And I don't know. That stuff happens. It does happen. I mean, he made some mistakes. He's got a lot to look for. I mean, you think about the last three par fives that he played. Going back to Saturday night, so he plays. Yeah, you play, you play him four over, four over. That that's a a recipe for disaster. I mean, you play those even, and you're the you're the winner. Just par, just play the par fives, even par. That's mm-hmm. not a, a big ask. But I agree with you, Kyle. There's not a there's not a long term worry with Berger. I was going to save this when we got to the one and done update, but it's just too good. And Sepp Straka won the golf tournament. So we have talked about Sepp Straka it's probably every single week on this podcast since uh, Coach 48 weeks too early picked him for his one and done last year. So well, this was the first week, gentlemen, that we let fans into the one and done. And we kind of jokingly said, hey, if you get in, you got to take Sepp Straka as well. Here, uh, here's seeing a shot on Monday. I will say this. I think the fans, if we're going to base this on last year and coach getting in late, it's got to be a million bucks and Sepp Straka. I feel like the first guy out of the gates is, is Sepp is in this tournament, right? He is. Yeah. I'm just saying. All right. But maybe we'll have to give him Sepp Straka. What a call. That, oh, yeah. That million he's, bucks would have been worth about one point or 2.5 now, right? They would have they would have spun that million bucks right up with a million and Seb Straka right out of the gate. How about that? That was incredible. Amazing. He co- Sia, Sia, by the way, just is on fire on Monday. He's coming out. He's got something that sticks every week. So it's amazing. We had the all cam lineup last week at Riviera that – was very effective. Oh, yeah, uh, he picks like the weird, like the weirdest stuff, and then we check back right. in on Sunday night. We're like, oh yeah, that happened. PPC Lee <laughs> at uh, at at the WM. I mean, it was fin- it was, It's phenomenal. He's on fire. By the way, uh, I looked up. I look, go ahead. I was just gonna say, uh, spoiler alert: the fans did not end up with Sepp Straka. <laughs> thank thank God, because I would be in last place. Uh, so I looked at Berger. This is on Data Golf. He's entered the final round uh, in first, second, third, fourth, or fifth, uh, like twenty times over the last 
since 2013. So 10 years almost. That's his career, right? Um, probably. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that that's just what their data goes back to, but I also think it is his career. Okay. Uh, his expected wins before the round started, like going into the final round when he was first, second, third, fourth, fifth, mm-hmm. like 2.4 wins. He's got okay. more than that. Well, he actually only has two because in two, his other two wins, he was outside of the top five going into the final round. Oh, so what a tricky little nugget that is. Yeah. So expected wins going into the final round when he's in the top five, 2.4, given how he played on that day, it, it actually drops to 1.8. Mm. And then his total number of actual wins is two, which is kind of between those two numbers. So I think you could, you could actually make an argument based on this data that he hasn't play it's not disastrous but he's certainly lowered his probability of winning according to data golf's numbers given how he plays in the final rounds under pressure and i think that's it's not i'm not like gonna be screaming it from the rooftops to come major season but it's something it's a little little nugget to file away i think wow i like that yeah i I think you need to see a little more like if this happens again then then that may be a little bit of supporting evidence. Yeah. But I still I, I mean if he win next time he win, I think you're you're kind of too on you're unexpected more or less. Yeah. I, I think it's I think it's pretty pretty neutral. Yeah, I would agree. Pretty neutral. That's gonna be the title of my autobiography. Okay, gentlemen, we've got a lot <laughs> to get to still. We've got um <laughs> Phil, we've got our odds and ends, our best bets, our one and done update. Oh, some big numbers down there in the old one and done. That's interesting. Okay, we're gonna get to those, but first we're gonna take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And we're back. Speaking of partners, uh, Phil Mickelson now has less of them than he did about a week ago because he is no longer hosting the American Express. KPMG, Amstel, and Workday have ended their relationships with him. And KP Callaway is pressing the pause button, which I suppose just means we'll stop paying you for now and reevaluate how public perception is on you in a couple of months. Yeah. Uh, so... Which of those sponsorships do you think pays him the most? Well, Callaway. I don't think that's actually true. KPMG. I think so. I think it's the I think it's the corporate ones that are bigger. I think I, that's not like I've not like. Are you saying that because with, Are you saying because Callaway has a lot of people on the roster? Their marketing budget gets spread out a bunch of different ways, while KPMG has one guy and they can spend it all on him. Yeah, and KPMG is like a, 
you know, they're like a global corporation. Callaway is obviously a big corporation also, but I think you're dealing in different stratospheres there, like with KPMG and Workday and places like that. It's just different. I mean, I'm not saying Callaway is like a mom and pop shop, like they make a ton of money. But even even like when you're talking about huge companies, I think um, I think those I think those contract like those relationships are just different. And man, what a devastating 10 days for him. Are we uh, I'd like to actually pull you guys because I saw some of the talk on Twitter and I don't. I don't know. I can't decide which way I fall on this. Are you surprised that everybody has bailed? No. No. But I, I think there's still a major part of this story to come out. We, we don't know about any repercussions from the PGA Tour or any of the major championships. And there's a chance that uh, that these companies know something that... I mean, you think about it. the The PGA Tour doesn't publicize suspensions, um, and I'm not sure if they would publicize this one. But if he's suspended for a period of time, and you, you're a company like that, I mean, if it's a long time, it, you're losing a you're losing a ton of value. So I, I think there's a lot more. I don't want to hypothesize here. I'm just saying there's a lot more to this story to come out that's yet to come out, um, and that'll be a that'll be really telling one way or another. But it's just it, it's it's really bad press from a lot of different angles. Those comments, yeah, the the excerpts from Alan Shipnook's book that came out were bad for they're they're bad if you're the PGA Tour, obviously. They're bad if you're Live Golf Investments and the Saudi right. Golf League, if you're Saudi Arabia, and anybody associated with Phil. There's there's no no good that came out of that. And I think the when companies start to leave, it has a lot more to do with public perception than it does what actually happened. And that's just the way that it is, because that's also what what they're paying him for. Public perception. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not about his results. It's about the perception. And Phil was a brand and that brand all of a sudden looks completely different. So, I mean, it's it's so sad to me, um, but. It, that I understand where the companies are coming from. Three three quick things. One, I think this is public. I think it was on the No Line Up message board. Somebody that works with Shipnuck um, at the fire pit said that they've read the book and this is like the, there's like other stuff that's coming and the one that just came out was the least incendiary of the other stuff that's coming. Which um, is... I, I heard that too. He, he came on definitely public because he came on course record and he came on a new breed of golf on Sirius XM too and he told us the same thing this is the tip of the iceberg apparently and so to that point and I think you said this well it's almost like when you have a uh, you have like a mediocre college football coach right and they give you like an out like they do something dumb publicly or whatever and to where you can like fire them with cause that's what a little bit what this, this feels like. Like we're just going to eject right now. Yes, exactly. On this, and then, and then the last thing is is um, I'm I would be curious to know, like like the 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 aggrieved party here is PGA Tour, right? But from Phil, like from Phil's perspective, like the Saudi stuff is like I don't know, whatever. The 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 problem is that. Phil and the PGA Tour are clearly at odds, and he didn't say anything about or even or apologize at all to the PGA Tour. I know Workday has a relationship with the PGA Tour. Uh, I presume KPMG has some. I, I just off the top of my head, I can't think of like a specific relationship that they have. But there's probably. I mean, you you don't like the PGA Tour relationship with KPMG with Workday with whoever. That is for the next fifty years. The Phil thing is for the next like. 10 at most right and so i think that plays into this quite a bit as well it's not like like shipnote tried to compare it to the tiger sex scandal and you're like okay i get where you're coming from but phil also like has a grievance against like a much bigger entity that these companies also have a 
at least some of them have a relationship with. And that becomes problematic if you're one of those companies. The, the difference between those two scandals to me is if, and this I'm saying this as a fan, which I think has an effect as a, as a company, what Tiger did didn't, it didn't affect me. It didn't hurt anything that I'm a fan of, right? I mean, it, it hurt Tiger, which pained me, but it affected just Tiger. And fortunately, the accident was the same thing. It only it, it only hurt Tiger, those actions and, and his family, um, where Phil is coming after the group that, I mean, in the PGA Tour that provides us a job in a way, right? It, it, they provide us weekly content that we love to en- enjoy as fans. We love to cover as as. Uh, you know, professionals. And so it, it, he's taking a shot at a whole bigger group of people. And he's saying that it's a, it's a bad, they're, they're doing something wrong and they're not trustworthy and they're stealing. And, and nobody wants to believe that where tiger really, I mean, it was, it what he wasn't taking a shot at anybody. He did it to himself. He knows it. Everybody knows it. Does that make sense? Well, but I, I think the argument there is: Do you think if the PGA Tour doesn't exist, that you don't that you don't have a job, or is it just your job looks different? No, oh, no, it's different, very different. But if it's the, this hypothetical that all of a sudden the Saudi Golf League is the biggest thing going, you're talking about 14 weeks, talking about taking away the schedule. I mean, we got we got 40 weeks to cover. That's a that makes it a year round job goes to just 14 that changes things dramatically in my opinion i mean how many columns how many fewer columns would you write kyle if if the talk of the town was the saudi golf league versus the pga tour it'd be a massive it'd be a really a really different scenario in my opinion yeah it yeah well, it's hard to say because then you're talking about well do you add is it just you have three big tours now or you have I, I don't know there's just so many variables there i think i think what's interesting and i i'm probably not going to write this because i don't know how well it would go over but i think that uh the thing like the 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 point that phil has like he and rick asked this like did it work did what he did work and in some ways yes right like a lot of people have more money now because of some of the stuff Phil was doing. I don't know what is attributed to exactly what he was doing, but there's a, there's a column to of like defending Phil <laughs> that I'm not going to write. Yeah. That you should not write that. that <laughs> actually write it and email it to me. I'd love to read it. <laughs> there's a column defending Phil that it's like, wait a second. We talk all the time about like, Hey, golf is stuck 10 years ago or the PGA tour needs to do this or that or whatever. And I think in a lot of ways he did it like the worst possible way you could ever do it. But I think in a lot of ways, Phil was trying to like back his way into some of that stuff. Now his like, he, he did it like very clearly with like his own agenda in mind for like making himself a lot richer. So he was not, uh, it was not, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like for the benefit of all, even though he tried to claim that it was, but I do think there's something there of like, wait a second, isn't this how pr- like progressive, like things progress, things get better. Now, again, the worst possible way you could ever do it. But I think some of the stuff that he was getting at and said, and you know, everything that goes along with that actually has some merit. If only somebody could do it in a, in a, in a much you know better way. Does that make sense, Rick? Do you well, agree? He used the wrong formula and got the right answer type of deal, which is he got the defense of the PGA tour to, you know, and again, what part of this gets attributed to Phil specifically, not just the external threat of another league where all this money gets injected. There's literally a $50 million popularity contest. Purses are through the roof. They double the Comcast business tour, whatever per, I mean, it's just like, 
huge tons of money. Um, they're probably going to do away with the fall portion of this schedule and make that better for the top guys. Like the results are going to get there, but um, yeah, like the, the, the whole thing where you hire your own lawyers to like draw up the operating agreement for your rival tour is like the worst possible way to go about it. Well, the, and the problem is he was doing it like a lot of the stuff that we talk about is betterment for the fans so that your product continues to, to improve yeah. in the long term. Yeah. And his was mostly betterment for the players, which I think has, it, it has a, uh, it has a role to play. Like I'm not against paying the top, like tiger is woefully underpaid. Phil is woeful. Like all those guys are, are incredibly underpaid for how much, I mean, the, the stat that I put out last week, Tigers made like $9 million at, a, at the Masters. Yeah. Like that's... There's going to there's gonna be three dozen guys who surpass that. It, right. And and like think about how much money Tiger has generated, not just, just everywhere. And so, I, I don't know, I'm rambling now, but like I think that, I think Phil, he had one side of it, which is like, yeah, like there's there's some improvements to be made here. He did it horribly. And he also didn't address like, hey, what's best for like the fan experience so that our product in 10, 15, 20 years is still like really, really awesome. Yeah. So I, I definitely agree with the fan aspect. There was very little early on when all these murmurings started coming out. There was some discussion about how to make it better for the fans, but it quickly turned into purely about the players. Yeah. And so I, I think there's some analysis you could do on that because they realize in order to get in order to, well, it's not the point I want to go down. It, it's just, it, it, it's under the bridge now, but the, the counterpoint you could possibly make to the defending Phil thing. And the counterpoint that I would make is the timing of this is very interesting to me because I do think the tour has had a, um, a, a large revenue increase for a couple reasons. One, with COVID, they were the only game in town and did a, a great job in that. And the popularity increased, at, at least it seems like it increased significantly. So that's one factor. And at the same time, sports gambling becomes legal. And they have some, I, I can't help but imagine there's a, a big influx of cash coming in from that. And so at, at, when you combine those two things, it feels like in one way, the tour was probably moving in that direction anyway, of, of getting more money to the players. Does it look different? Did it take longer? Possibly. I don't know. But I, I don't think this is purely, I don't think all these increases are purely coming from the threat of the Saudi league. You still have yeah. players in the pack. You still have, all, I mean, all the players who have come out and talked about it, who have knowledge of the financials, have said they the the money's going to the right place and and it's all out there and unless there's some crazy scandal going on something very illegal which is highly highly i mean almost 99.99999% doubtful to me it, it, unless there's something like that going on it would have gotten to the players eventually because the players see at least uh, at least some of them see these financials and I don't see anybody sitting here getting rich that shouldn't be on the PGA Tour. So this well, is part of the thing I don't understand I, with Phil. I do think that you have to have a disproportionate amount of your money go to your stars, right? Like if you look at the NBA or NFL, like the, the one of the PGA Tours, like why, why are they doing the thing where it's like if you play 15 times, you get 50K? I hate that. Like I don't, uh, Brian Stewart doesn't, like he doesn't deserve – 50k more like he didn't like why are, why are you paying him 50k like all of that money should be given to justin thomas jordan spieth uh brooks Kepka, and dustin johnson but without right? those guys without those guys they don't i guess this is the other the other side of that you have players who are out there struggling to make cuts who are in they're in that league right there they've made the pga tour and and they're there are players who have lost money because they cover all their own expenses. That doesn't happen in the NBA. They don't, you don't have to pay anything in the NBA. You, you get paid, you get on a salary and you get paid. And while it, the proportion changes, nobody is, nobody's losing money in the NBA. You're one of the top 200 
let's say 250 players in the world, uh, uh, top 250 individual in the world. And you're going to go to an event and lose money because you missed the cut. You're still providing entertainment for two days. So, I mean, I would argue they should get paid every week, whether they make or miss the cut. And I think the $50,000 thing for, for the 15 players or for players who played 15 events is a way to soften that. You, who are you, you play, you make or miss the cut. You're not losing money. But who are you providing entertainment? Who's Brian Stewart providing entertainment to? Well, you create the field. You create, yeah, but who's, the, you create but, the competition. But, no, but listen, like you've been to the to these events. Like nobody's fo- like there's like eight people following Brian Stewart and he's not on TV. So if he is providing entertainment, that means he's on TV and in contention and he's getting paid. I mean, not necessarily. You still you're talking about pro-ams. You're talking about uh, you're on the, on the driving range in the practice area where pl- people are, are watching all of the players, uh, seeing this talent, seeing the exposure. I mean, it's not as direct and it's not a huge deal. I'm not saying they should have their their media rights here for what their cover their coverage <laughs> is on TV. I'm just saying they shouldn't be out there competing at the very highest level and losing money. Phil might have lost the plot when he started talking about having your own media rights like that. That was a that was a breakdown in knowing how business works. So for Phil's future, uh, because I think the other and we'll move on after this. But the other thing that I thought was interesting is we were trying to figure out how big of a deal this is, whether this is a golf Twitter deal or whether it's a bigger deal. And I think it's bigger than I originally anticipated. There's been New York Times articles about it. Obviously, the political aspect of it has taken it to kind of a different echelon. So, Greg, like, where does Phil go from here? Maybe he's suspended. Maybe he's not. Is he going to show up at Augusta National, which even if he was suspended by the PGA Tour, has the right to do that? Like, what what is the reception for Phil Mickelson when he tees it up on a golf course again? Uh, extremely awkward no matter what. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, look, the uh, Augusta national, the masters is an invitational and they, just because he's a past champion, it's not, it's not a right, Rick. It's, it's a, it's an invite and it's a tradition. And if they don't want this activity, they can not, they can rescind the invitation and they can do, and there's no, there's no, uh, there is absolutely no, problem with that they can do they can do whatever they want and so i don't know i'm not saying that's going to happen but i i do believe that um augusta national the masters and the pga tour are whatever whatever happens they're going to be very closely connected they're going to be aligned here because they're very strong partners um and there have been some stories come out that i've heard that i don't need to get into but they they only bring those two entities closer together from what I've seen, but I, I think Phil's chance when you see him play again, honestly, I think it comes down to what happens with what did those comments do to, uh, to live golf investments? Cause I, I think his last chance he's, he could go play the Asian tour in that, in what Greg Norman has created the, you know, I call it the Rolex series of the Asian tour. And other than that, I don't know what else, I don't know what else he can do. I mean, if it, I, and I, I've gone back and forth on this. Like, is it, would it be egregious to ban Phil for life from the PGA tour? And I, I if I thought that was going to happen or if it did happen, because I was hypothesizing about this, well, yeah, it'd be, it'd be a little aggressive to do that. But then a friend of mine said, well, what if you went on, uh, on your podcast uh, with CBS sports and started ta- complaining about CBS sports publicly and trying to start a new media company or something where, where the, the talent has these crazy rights. You'd be gone before it wouldn't even get out there. You'd be, you'd, come, you'd be gone and you'd never get hired back. So it, it, if you look at it from a real world perspective, everybody watching right now, if they did what Phil did would get fired. And can, I, so can, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know imagine, how the PGA Tour is going to handle. That's a great point. Can you imagine Greg getting on here and being like, "Listen, I've been talking to North Korea, and <laughs> I'm going to go, and here's why." 
He's going to grow the game over there. <laughs> and I know what they do there. And I'm okay with that. I want my old, I want my old podcast. I want my uh, YouTube videos in my hands. I don't want them on YouTube anymore. I want to sell them on the digital streets as NFTs. I don't even know if you can do that. I'm just making this up as I go. <laughs> Probably. I, I know. And it would be like, I mean, it's it is incendiary. Like it is, it is. It's almost like you know how the Phil PGA win got. It, it's gotten crazier as like as time has progressed. For sure. I so, I sort of feel that way about the quotes, like in about, about the Saudi Arabia quotes. In the moment when I read them, I was like, "Oh, this is nuts!" Like I cannot believe he said this. And every day since then, I'm like, that was even crazier than I thought it was in the moment because we were so immersed in all that stuff in the moment that you're, it, you're it's kind of hard to tell like what's what and you're just, you're, I don't know, you're, you're kind of swimming in it. And the further away we get from it, I think the crazier we're going to look back and, and say that it was. Um, I, I guess Augusta is, is where he shows up. Augusta is a weird place. Like, I just... I'm with Greg. Like it, it didn't feel like from his statement, it felt like he was going to double down on not playing the PGA tour. Like there was nothing. If you weren't going to double down, wouldn't you be like, look, I screwed this up. The PGA tour has been awesome. And I got paid eight mil last year for like tweeting about my legs. <laughs> and you know, like I've loved it. It, it, but he didn't do any of that. So it's like, is he going to just try to be a, barnstorming retiree who plays in the major championships. It's kind of what it feels like. It certainly does. We're 39 days away. I believe it is from finding out whether he shows up at Augusta national or not. And obviously we'll know a couple of days before that plenty more Phil to talk about. I'm sure, but we're going to put a pin in it there. We've got to get to our betting recap and our one and done selections. But first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. And we're back. Betting recap, best bets. KP, you and I, losers. You went with Mito Pereira to finish inside the top 10. He shot a 72 on Saturday, 71 on Sunday. Finished T30. Not a horrible week, but this bet does not cash. Mm, it's a bummer. I didn't see his number. Somebody in the chat said that he uh, didn't putt well, which is hilarious. <laughs> After our conversation, he, oh yeah, he hit the ball really well though. He was Classic. what seventh it, from tee to green. So honestly, that's that's more exciting moving forward. Yeah, and that's fine. That's kind of what I was like looking for. And listen, if he puts it average, he finishes in the top 10. So I'm I'm okay with that bet, even having lost it. My Aaron Rye three ball sinks thanks to a Sunday 75. The Saturday 73 wasn't all that great either. So I'm a loser there, but I've got a couple of winners. Coach goes out and gets Cam Young top 20. Pretty impressive here, Greg, for Cam Young to back up what was probably a really emotional week last week at Riviera, and he shoots a 60 five on sunday which i believe 
hold on one second. I think this was the round of the day. It, it was, was. was. Yeah. the round of the day to move up 40 slots to T16 for the coach. How about that? The round of the weekend. Because yeah. on Saturday, Shane Lowry shot 67. That was the low of the day. So, wow. yeah, what a round from him. He is really coming around as a player. He still has a little bit of, I guess he answered it a little bit at Genesis, but there's still a little bit of up and down when you look at his his scores across four rounds. He has a tendency of having a high one in there, a bad round, which I think he's getting that ironed out and and he's going to learn how to figure it out. But just an impressive player and um, and good on you, coach, that, as Mark would say. Uh, that was a that was a really solid bet. Mark himself has got two winners here. Denny McCarthy over Lee Westwood and Taylor Moore plus 180 cash that one. And his top Canadian KP, Adam Svensson, despite just falling apart on the second nine on Sunday, still edges out Nick Taylor by two shots to be top Canadian. But you can see why the hype is very real on Svensson, can't you? Yeah, he can he can go. I mean, he finished. Oh, I just had it up, and I, I think he led the field in T to green this week. I think or, that's right. Yeah. He was first. Yeah, three three strokes per round. Uh, the putting was a little up and down on Sunday, especially. That's nice he missed that. He missed that short one on what was it like nine or I don't know. It was the middle of his round. Uh, but he he can hit it. I mean, I I need to pull up his career numbers. Um, he's not long, which, you know, it's a little more ish where the, I, I mean, not that I'm comparing him to more but just the statistical profile, it's like his iron play is the strength. He's, he's not, it's not like a, um, like a Rory profile where he's gaining all these strokes off the tee. It's more, more cowish where he just leans on the irons a lot. The putting is, is bad though. But like we talked about with more cow, you just have to have one hot week and the others can be trash and you'll win every once in a while. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's the path to victory for a lot of these guys on the PGA tour. One and done update, Jacob. Uh, let's get that slide up here. Okay. So, the fans who we kicked off with $1 million and not Sep Straka took Billy Horschel thanks to 30% of the vote. That was worth 106000 So, Greg, $1.1 million for the fans. One oh six from Billy's. That's fine. The fans are off to an okay start. Watch out, Mark. But all I got to say, based on, uh, based on the Sep Straka thing, this is classic. It's just welcome to one and done. Because you'll be kicking yourself almost every week. Uh, and we'll get to my, me kicking myself badly. We soon. will. But this is the way it is. So fans, get used to it. Fans, get used to it. KP, you are at $1.276 thanks to the same $106,000 that you got as the fans. But you only use CT Pan to earn that money. Yeah, I got made fun of for my CT pick on Tuesday. So it feels good. He, nice. he, he been playing well, uh, played well here last year. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy, but I'm not happy about nearly being chased down by, uh, by the fans, you know, one week into their foray into this, but, uh, yeah, we got some work to do. I need to, I'm, I'm, I need to start my players research right now. Cause that's, that's like the week of the year. Yeah, if you find the winner in two weeks, you are in great shape. And it's the hardest one to pick. I mean, there's so few like multi-time winners. I mean, Tiger's only won it what twice, I think. Yeah, it's just, it's so 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 difficult to win. And and there's there's great volatility there too, right? Great players miss the cut at the players, and you never know what it's going to happen every, every year. It's brutal. Yes. It's brutal. Can't wait for that. Sian Ajad had Louis Ustase in T30, 44,960. He goes to 1.7 million. Greg, this was a roller coaster for Louis. He was out of it. He made a run on Friday, got himself uh, well within the cut line, tried to get himself in the top 10. Then I saw him hit it in the water once or twice on Sunday. You got the full Louis experience out of, out of this one for Sian. I couldn't believe it. I mean, he he was he shot five over round one. You think, uh, see ya. He, see ya. No, uh, no pun intended there, but you're thinking he's done. And all, and all of a sudden he's even par. He, he made the cut by two. 
it was impressive. So I think you got to feel if you're Sia, you're a little upset because he's a, that's a good player to have. He's viable in every major and there'll be a lot of opportunities to play him coming down the stretch, but um, at least it's not a zero because it looked like that for a long time. Yeah, it certainly did. And speaking of not a zero, I did not get a zero this week, snapping my six, six or seven week stretch of, of getting exactly zero dollars. And not only that, I won the week, $194,000 thanks to Keith Mitchell, T9. Also very cool KP that he was willing to stand out there in the pouring rain without an umbrella to see all Sepp Straka come in. Yeah, that that was great. That uh, I almost screenshotted that and tweeted it out, but that was, you don't, I don't know, you don't see that a ton, and uh, that was a pretty cool moment. Uh, I had something else I wanted to say about that, but I don't remember what it was. Jacob, woof, Jacob went, he said, you know what, this event, it's volatile, it's crazy. Let me just go with Nikolai Hoygaard. That was a miscut, Jacob, and you stay at three point two million. Not good, not good. <laughs> but uh, I do want to well, give a well quick said. shout out to uh, to Mark for his Adam Svensson top Canadian pick. Yeah, did, yeah. Did you yeah. profit off of that? I may or may not have profited off of that because uh, he sent it to me, and I was like, "Are you sure there's like six Canadians in this field?" And he he did it. So never question Mark. I'm always I'm always wary, not wary. I'm always excited about uh, guy, young guys. How old is Svensson? I can find out. That have caddies of that used to caddy for like top five players. Oh, how old do you think he is? I would say twenty four. I think right. he's older. I'd say like twenty seven. Twenty eight. He's an old man. Okay, so that kind of. <laughs> poke some holes well, in this theory. Just, but, just, just say, uh, it, you know, he's twenty something. He's still young. Yeah. Yeah. But still like, okay. I'm, I'm. It always raises my eyebrows whenever a, a caddy that used to caddy for a top five player uh, is on the bag for somebody else that you haven't heard of. Because to me, it's like those guys, like Tim Tucker, who used to caddy for Bryson, is not going to. Sorry right. to pick on Brian Stewart. Going, he's not going to caddy for Brian Stewart, right? Brian Stewart's had a rough week. Will you just lay off of Brian Stewart? I know he just was in my Twitter feed all week, so I'm <laughs> I'm picking on him. But I, I that always, it always and it didn't always play out like that, but it always gets my attention. Yes, for sure, completely agree. Greg, Gregors, Greg, Isafire, zero dollars from the tournament favorite. Sung J.M., the only consolation I can offer you is that our leader, Mark, also took the zero. That's not consolation at all. In I fact, it, uh, it makes it worse. Because uh, my... I, I knew this was a Shane Lowry week for me from the beginning. I, I loved Shane Lowry. I loved what he'd been doing on the DP World Tour coming in. He he was in great form. This is a great golf course for him. He was my one and done play here last year and let me down. And I let that influence me, which it shouldn't have. Yeah. And I was trying to stick to that strategy where, you know, I played Rom and Cantlay a few weeks ago, played the best player in the field. He should play. He should perform here. And it bit me. I just, it's just so disappointing. And I, I hate to leave it on that. I mean, I, f I feel the I feel the tension in the in the room really building. So I hate, okay. I hate to bring it down, but I'm just so upset about it. Well, I can give props to the coach who also took his best bet, Cam Young, as his one and done. He added one hundred six thousand dollars to his total. So he did shrink the gap just a little bit between him and Mark. But I believe we are in the exact same order as we started the week even though some money was shuffled around. Uh, gentlemen, we are headed to Bay Hill next week, and we're going to do your DFS preview on Monday, the Mega Preview Pod on Tuesday, round-by-round round recaps. But any final thoughts before we get out of here on this Sunday evening? No. I don't think so. I got something. <laughs> Jacob from the top. Of course. I got something. Uh, Shout-out to the Early Edge uh, 
your boy has picked two straight <laughs> top five winners on the PGA Tour champions back to back weeks. So, so I'm shilling. Yeah. I'm shilling the early edge, uh, which means it absolutely will not happen this week. We had Brian Gay uh, at the Chubb Classic for plus three fifty, and then this week at the Colegard Classic, we had uh, Jerry Kelly plus four hundred to finish in the top five. Are, uh, are you? It's not going to happen the next week, but I'm going to have to keep doing it since we hit the first two. Are you the internet's foremost handicapper on PGA Tour champions? Uh, no, actually another guy who works at CBS sports HQ is, but I, I run my picks by him first. <laughs> you get, you get the uh, signature, you get it signed off on Well, he used to work as a PA at the golf channel and he would log tape of the PGA tour champions. So that he, oh, he had the probably seen more track. action than anybody else. Yes. Very Do much. They play so. next week because they don't play every I single week. They, uh, they don't, but they're getting into the swing of things. You know, they're, they're grinding oh, 54 hole. You know where they are one after another. I used to go to this. They're at the Ho Classic, Newport Beach, Newport Beach, California. Very flat course. Find find some flat golfers, Jacob. Sea level. I got my assignment. There you go. <laughs> Jacob's the jeweler. That's right. Anything, anything going once, going twice, sold? Sold. That's it. Sold. Shut it down. Producer Jacob does all the hard work behind the scenes. That right there, Greg Ducharme. You can find him on Twitter at the real GFD. Kyle Porter, who you can find at Kyle Porter CBS. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut, and we'll catch you next time. Paramount Plus original docuseries returns. The last time I saw Max, he looked at us laughing, and then everything changed in a blink of an eye. My feeling as a detective is that he was murdered. Yahoo Entertainment calls it a spine-chilling docuseries, showcasing real-life tragedies. What about with your child who went missing? We need to know the truth. Never seen again. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.